Welcome back into the CC Podcast. It is the morning of Tuesday, November 21st here in lovely Louisville, Kentucky. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody who listens. I'm here in Louisville, Dan Sennard up in Columbus, Ohio, getting ready for a big Sennard Thanksgiving. We've got lots to talk about. Dan, how are we? Ready for the festivities? Oh, we're ready. This is, uh, I mean, I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. It's like people are like, what's your favorite holiday? I've probably said something else on the past pod, but like now that Thanksgiving's coming up, I, it's it's great. Um, we we host it. You know, it's not lost on me that my family you know goes out of their way and drives up here. So that's very cool. Then that that we don't have to travel. Um, so yeah, deep frying a turkey again. Haven't blown the house up yet. Knock on wood. Um, hopefully, I don't have a Dan in the dumps next time we talk. But we are very excited for Thanksgiving. What are the Rutherfords up to? First of all, I'm shocked that you haven't had a turkey disaster yet. Like I, I think we've all just been waiting for it the yeah. last couple of years because you've been so nervous about it. And the fact that it's gone off pretty much without a hitch is uh, is pretty impressive. I, yeah. I, I know. I know you recently had a. Didn't you have like a a, a burnt chicken? debacle recently when you were hosting families for dinner oh yeah that was i mean we had friends over and i i just kind of blanked and forgot we had stuff on the grill um it's pretty rough rough look for old dan like i i really take pride in being the grill master i think i do a good job and <laughs> just got a little caught up i don't know what else to say i went out there like it, like i it was like the biggest like okay i'm like almost a 40 year old dad I was like god Damn it! Damn. Uh, <laughs> like just absolutely charred chicken everywhere. I was like, "Oh, give the chicken." Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Knock on wood. I mean, we we keep uh, me and my dad and my brother. We we kind of just sit around the uh, deep fryer, chug some beers, drink some bourbon, and uh, kind of take it all in. Uh, we're excited. We, we see Mary, my wife and I. We have not moved on to the hosting yet. We, we still rotate our families. So one year we'll do it here in Louisville with my family. The next year we'll do it in Springfield with her family. Uh, this year, my, my family kind of rotates too. Like one year is big Thanksgiving where we have a lot of extended family and a lot of different people over. And then the next year is kind of smaller Thanksgiving. So we, we always make sure that we're there for the big Thanksgiving year. So we'll go out there and we'll eat about five. It's a lot more. I mean, it, it's pretty laid back when like, you don't have to, we don't have to travel. We don't have to spend the night anywhere. It, yeah. It'll be nice to, let's, let's just say the Rutherford family Thanksgivings are a lot more lions centric than when we have to go to, <laughs> to than when we have to go to Springfield. Uh, there was like I think the first year that I did Thanksgiving down there, like they eat like right at the end of the lions game. It was one of the years where the lions were good and, they're like literally kicking a game winning field goal. I'm like leaning back in my chair to see the little <laughs> TV in the in the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, ah, ah. Uh, but we will we'll watch the full game over here and then we'll go over to my parents. It, it'll be nice. I'm excited about it. It'll be fun. We've got lots of good sports to look forward to. We have lots to talk about today. Here's what we're gonna do this week. So we got the podcast today. We'll spend most of say talking about the the basketball games in New York. And then the football win over Miami on Saturday. We'll have another podcast on Friday. We're here for you on Feast Week, for God's sake. It's a yeah. big week. Cardinal sports are, you know, Cardinal football is doing something we haven't done in a long, long time. We feel like we owe it to the people. So we will talk mostly about what has happened on today's podcast. And then Friday, we'll talk almost entirely about UK, Governor's Cup, and, and all that good stuff. So that's our plan of attack for this week. We took questions from you guys for today that we'll get to. We'll kind of skip over most of the UK-centric questions, since that's going to be more for Friday, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. It's a weird 
day because I feel like, you know, we've, we've done this podcast throughout football season. And typically, if we do like a Tuesday or Wednesday, it still kind of feels like the Saturday football game is, is fresh in your mind. I don't know about you, because of what's happened with basketball and, and maybe this being a holiday week, all this stuff. Like the football game from Saturday feels like it happened two weeks ago to me. Oh, I was trying like before we got on. I'm like, God, I gotta kind of maybe look up a couple of plays because it's like kind of leaving my mind already. I was so deep into these two games in New York, and then like you said, uh, you know, like Jeff Brom also says, we got to turn the page. It's an important game coming up. Um, but good Jeff, yeah. good good Jeff impersonation. I texted you this yesterday. We'll get into it. Jeff's press conferences are so good. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I there was I, I remember the key plays from Miami. It was nice that they put out I mean the the marketing team, the U of L football, uh, social media team. I mean, the videos are literally like I I drink them in. I need yeah. them every single week. It's like a drug. So they obviously killed it with that. And uh yeah, it was awesome. Now, some people, we're going to talk basketball first, but my last question before we move on to the, the games in New York, some people were upset that we didn't do an emergency podcast on Saturday night. And, and a lot of times, like, you know, it's become a running joke. Anytime anything semi-good happens, people have, you know, we, we get flooded with people saying, like, emergency pod, emergency pod. This one, I, I thought, was kind of borderline. We didn't really talk about it. But, like, do you think that we should have done one on Saturday for this game? You know what? It, it honestly... We could have. I don't think it would have been that. I mean, yes, it's a huge, I mean, accomplishment to get to the ACC championship. And for that reason alone, it may have been pod worthy. But in the grand scheme of things with with what we have coming down the pipe, I think there's some bigger emergency pod opportunities. So we, I guess we didn't want to saturate the potential emergency pod uh, network that we might have coming down the pipe. I like that. I think you put that well. I mean, it was, to be fair, like it was one of the bigger regular season wins that we've probably ever had. I think you can make that case pretty easily. And it was a thrilling game, but uh, it was, it was, it was borderline for sure. But if, you know, let's say we beat Florida state for the conference championship on a last second field goal. Or, I mean, if we beat Florida state period, for the conference championship, I think we're doing an emergency podcast. Um, so yeah, like you said, Plenty more opportunity. I mean, who knows? I mean, Louisville basketball could beat Mexico State on Sunday. Maybe that'll be an emergency podcast. You never know. You never know. Let's yeah. talk about basketball. Um, I don't really know where to begin with this conversation because, like, like, you know, I don't think that anybody, whether it's us or, or anybody listening, thought that Louisville was going to go up to New York and be as competitive as they were in back-to-back games against Texas and Indiana and really leave us with the feeling that they should have won at least one, if not both of those games. The Texas game, certainly you can point to Max Aceman's It's a crazy shot in the final seconds. There was a, a, a dubious no foul call um, with seven seconds to go when Tyler Johnson got drilled. Certainly seemed like there was one second left on the clock. They called a shot clock violation. Some of the other calls down the stretch I thought were pretty shitty. Um, Louisville very easily could have beaten a top 20 Texas team. And then they turn around yesterday and they're clearly better than Indiana for the bulk of the second half. They build a seven point lead. They're up by three going into the game's final segment. And then it, it felt like almost all of the goodwill that had been built up over those 24 hours kind of went out the window when Indiana goes zone and Louisville looks like I mean, Louisville looks like the five Indiana players all just started levitating and, and, and like taking on the shape of God. Like, like they, we had no idea what to do. 
Kenny Payne never calls timeout. He makes the uh, he tricked me quote about Mike Woodson after the game that makes the rounds, and it kind of feels like we're right back to everybody sort of being pissed off at, at basketball and and wanting Kenny Payne gone. It's a hard forty eight hours to analyze, Dan. I don't really know where to start. It, it, you're exactly right. I kind of didn't know which direction I was going to go here. Um, and I tweeted this out yesterday. You know, we, sh- we should not be a moral victory university. Um, and especially the Indiana game. I mean, Texas, it is what it is. Like, we, that was the first time I was like, oh my God, we look like a competent, like, bat- college basketball team. Like, I had no idea where that came from. Like, it was so different from what we had seen in the preseason. And the first three games, I, I don't think I've ever been more caught off guard by UBL performance, I would say good or bad. It was just so out of nowhere. Um, and then, yeah, it was a heartbreaker losing to Texas. You know, uh, that whistle didn't go our way at the end. But, I, you know, we got to credit the guys. They carried over that same energy into the Indiana game. And it was more of like, geez, we, we might actually have something here. Uh, but that shouldn't make us look past the fact that it was coaching malpractice those last five minutes of the game so the fan base does have every single right to be furious um to still question kenny and the staff as far as uh, x's and o's and game management um but i think one thing that we found out that maybe we didn't know the first three games at least i didn't i i, I don't want to say i didn't think we were talented I was like, all right, there's some guys that they'll make one move here and there. But I, from like a consistency standpoint, I was like, there's just no way these guys are going to do it. But, I mean, we saw guys – I mean, Brandon Honey Hatfield, I was like, what the fuck is this? Who I mean, goddamn drafted? <laughs> out of nowhere. I, I could not believe what I was seeing. I mean, obviously, Tyler, I think, is, is the talk of the team and – um, you know, where, where everyone's going to be like, all right, Tyler's got to get more minutes. Tyler's got to get more minutes. So I would say we have some building blocks, some things for the fan base to, to, to maybe rally around. And, and, you know, we gave them a reason to like, Hey, if they're going to play like this, like, you know, we should show up at the Yum Center and support these guys. Cause that's the effort that we have just been, I mean, we've been pleading for, you know, a year and a handful of games that we want, and and they showed it. Um, sucked that we lost both games. Really sucked that we, you know, collapsed down the stretch and had no idea what to do. But I'm glad that the kids got to at least taste a little bit of success and what it was like to play in, in kind of a, a big-time college basketball game. No, I think that's a really good summary because, like you – I've never been more perplexed by a Louisville team's performance than I was on, on Sunday afternoon. Like they go from, and it's not like, you know, well, there wasn't, people didn't think there was any talent. Like we looked awful for not just the first three regular season games, but we lost an exhibition game to Kentucky Wesleyan. There was nothing in any of those four performances that made me think that we could be a competent basketball team. So I went from thinking like this is going to be like a 13 to 18 win season to like, you know, we may win single digits again. We look that bad and they come out and I mean, they looked like, dare I say, not like a great basketball team, but like a, a good basketball team, like, like yep. for the, the, that full game, like they're playing shot for shot. Uh, they're playing hard. We're diving for loose balls. Guys are playing with confidence. We're actually running some solid offense. Like it just it looked so much different 
than anything that we've seen. So much so that I kind of like, like I still like, did something just change? Did, uh, did we do something? Like there, there's got to be some better explanation than just, you know, we went to New York and the guys like bonded over pizza. We, we went to Sbarro, got us a New York slice, and, and now we're feeling good. Like, like, like did did Kenny Payne talk to somebody? Did he give the reins of, of the game planning over to somebody else? Like, it, it, it was so different that I feel like there has to be something going on. There has to be some sort of grand explanation. And, and then they turn around, and yesterday, like like you said, the effort level didn't dwindle against Indiana, which I think a lot of people were, were worried about. They still played hard. They played well for the most part. They didn't shoot well, but they put themselves in position to win. I, I think what sucks about the way that the game ended is now the fan base, like, like we went from being in a position where if they'd closed out that game, even if they'd lost, but, but if they played well and Indiana just hits a crazy shot and you know we lose on back-to-back buzzer beaters, I think the fan base would have been like, okay, we're probably not going to be an NCAA tournament team this year, but this can be way more fun than we thought 48 hours ago. Like, like this could be a team that, I don't know, wins 10, 12 games in the ACC. Maybe we keep getting better and we become even more of a threat in the conference. Like uh, they looked like that for 48 hours, but the, the way that it ended with us not scoring in the game's final four minutes, looking totally clueless, Kenny Payne refusing to call a timeout, us getting outscored 13 to two to end the game. And those, those only two points being a meaningless Sky Clark layup. I think it just, it reinforced this belief that like we may be better than we thought a week ago, but with this guy, like we're never going to win at the level that we expect to win. Right. Like if we get into a close game, whether it's this year, next year, two years from now against a quality opponent, when we have great talent, like, we don't trust him to do the right thing. And I think that that's like, now it's kind of every it's fresh in everybody's mind. Like the goal for U of L basketball is not to get back to making NCAA tournaments. The goal is to get back to being a perennial top 10 team competing for final fours, competing for national titles. And can we really do it with a guy that says he got tricked when a, a team went to a basic two, three zone for four possessions. I, I think it's like, that's a, it's a really bitter pill for everybody to swallow after what had been a very encouraging 76 minutes of basketball in New York. No doubt. And I think you explained it well when you said, you know, did, did Kenny use up all of his goodwill just by kind of how we perform going down the stretch in that second game? I think everyone, everyone in the fan base, like those two games, like have everyone's minds like in an absolute pretzel, because I think we had pretty much written off this guy, and the staff going into New York. Like we were a hundred percent sure we knew what the outcome was going to be. We had a year of evidence. We had three exhibition, two games of evidence of it. And there's just no way that something's going to turn on an absolute dime. And it almost did. And now like I'm finding myself like, I'm like, yes, it was a disaster that last seven minutes. So that we can't get past that. But from a gross standpoint, you know, from the team, you know, kind of an individual standpoint that we had the freshmen, you know, performing well. I'm like, God, like, what if, what if we came home and, you know, this is just a newfound conference and, you know, we, we maybe win some games that we weren't supposed to. And now I'm at, like you said, I don't think we're going to be an NCAA tournament team. Um, who knows how Texas and Indiana are going to turn out. I don't think Indiana is going to be that good. Um, but even with that being said, 
we were just looking for any sign of life from this coaching staff, and now we have it. So, you know, I think going forward, it's just, hey, we now he's really put himself in a position to where he's showed his hand. Like, we know that these kids can do it. We know that they have talent. We know that they can play with an effort level now. So anything less than that, you know, they need to be held accountable moving forward. So it'll be interesting when they come home to see, you know, when we play New Mexico State, are they going to be able to keep that same bench energy, effort level, execution on offense, rebounding defense that for the most part they had um, up in New York? Along the same lines, like during the Texas game on Sunday, I, I was 90% like, this is great. I-, I feel like I'm watching Louisville basketball again for the first time in like at least two years. Like, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. I was 10% like pissed off. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is this? Like, 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 why have, if we just did this for the last two weeks, like, it, it could have solved so many problems. We don't, it, like, if Louisville plays that game that they played against Texas, even the game they played against Indiana. They don't lose to Chattanooga. They don't lose to Chattanooga right. by 10. They don't, you know, they're not gutting it. They don't need the ref's help in the, in the final seconds to beat UMBC. They don't play a, a really shitty game against an awful Coppin State team. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, where has this been? If, if this was possible, why have we just not been doing it? There was somebody who seriously told me on Twitter, I, I think they were making a serious case, that like, they're like, you know, you can't practice for a team if you don't if you don't have any tape on him. We've been like Kenny Payne was holding his hand and didn't want to show anybody until we played Texas. I'm like Kenny Payne was not purposely losing to the fifth place SoCon team so he could maybe beat Texas in New York. We've gone crazy as a fan base, but it's not the it's, it's not the craziest thing I've heard in the last two years. But I, I was just like I like you said I didn't know this was possible. Yeah, w- what it's done, it's taken me back to like. I think I'm back to my preseason predictions where I, I do think the team has enough talent to be like, I think with the right coaching staff, the right, whatever, this could be a 20 to 25 win team that could make the NCAA tournament. I think they're probably going to wind up being like a, I don't know, 13 to 18 win team. I, I thought that going into the year, then the first two weeks happened. And I'm like, you know, we may be an, an eight, nine, 10 win team, even with this terrible schedule, they just looked so bad. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of back to thinking, it's the worst case scenario for the, the program in a lot of ways. Cause I, I do think that he's going to like, we'll end up winning 15, 16 games, maybe 17 games. And people are, some people are going to say that's good enough. And they're going to argue for it. A lot of people are going to say that's not good enough. And we're going to be back to just the, all the infighting for the next four months. And there's going to be a decision that has to be made. And like, there was nothing good about the, the first two weeks where we played so poorly except for the fact that the fan base was finally unified for the first time in yeah. like three years. Like we were all on the same page. And I kind of was like, if we're going to be bad, let's be real bad just so we know, and we can move on and get this thing going. And if we're going to be like, good, I, I want to be real good. So we can all get together behind Kenny Payne and, and get this thing going. Like, I, I, the middle in a lot of ways is the worst possible scenario. And there's a very big part of me that feels like that's what we're in store for in these months ahead. I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping it's the, you know, the former situation where Louisville just takes off. We take care of business in the games we're supposed to win. We beat DePaul. Maybe, God willing, we give Kentucky a game on December 21st, and then we see what happens in the ACC. But I, I don't know, man. Like, just It's hard for me to get over those last four minutes. Do you want – can we talk about the, the quote itself? Because the quote has gone – obviously, it's been a, a huge deal. 
this um, th- th- this Kenny Payne quote. Now, the full quote is is this. I knew Woody wouldn't play zone, or I thought he wouldn't play zone. He tricked me. But to be honest with you, that zone will be the last thing I would think we would have a problem with because we've been really, really good versus zone, even in practices. But in the game, we got tentative. We got stagnant. We processed the game instead of instinctively moving the ball. We telegraphed passes. We've got to do a better job. The full quote to me doesn't make it any better. I, 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 it's if you see this happening, call a timeout. Like, like yeah. remind them of what they're supposed to do instead of just kind of standing there with your arms out. It also is it kind of embarrassing that we found out after the game that it was the Indiana players who were like, "Hey, let's try a zone." We don't think that they're going to be able to figure it out. Woodson was like, "Okay," uh, so like like, it, like that. It, I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to get over. Yeah, I mean, geez, I don't even really know what to say. I mean, we've talked about Kenny and press conferences. Like, you could have had a normal press conference and just said, hey, you know, um, we need to make adjustments. Uh, you know, we're going to go back in the gym and look at film and blah, blah, blah. Like, take the, take the Jeff Brom approach. Like, you don't have to put yourself out there and make a comment to now the entire fan base. I mean, this is what they're going to remember New York as like, remember when they went zone and Kenny said that they tricked us. Like, you know, I know it's a press conference. It is what it is. Like you said, it, it the whole quote doesn't really make it any better. Um, but just dummy down these press conferences, just say, Hey, like we, we know what we have to do. We got to get better individually. You know, we got New Mexico State coming up. They're a good team, blah, blah, blah. Like, just be boring in the press conferences, and that's completely fine fine with me. You know, I think the more that he really thinks about his answers and tries to answer eloquently, he's been putting himself behind the eight ball. So, um, I don't get caught up in, in, you know, I know people do. Like, it is annoying, but I really – I try not to get caught up in the the press conferences and the quotes. Um probably as much as other people do. But with that being said, you know, when you're having the the lack of success that he has, everything you do is under the microscope. So you got to be better not only on the court, but off the court as well. Yeah, I mean, every time that he talks, it's like people settle down after the game's over, order sort of restored, and then he comes like thundering in like Will Ferrell with a trank dart in his neck from old school, just like pushing kids out of the way, like falling over the present table, just making everything 10 times worse. Uh, it, it is, uh, yeah, he, he just, he cannot seem to get out of his way a lot of times. And, and you're right. Like, I think this quote and those last four minutes are what people are going, and, and the Max A. Smith shot, which was crazy the day yeah. before, are, like, are, are probably what people are going to take away from this this Empire Classic. I was ready to, to make an Empire Classic third place champions t-shirt. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I can't believe uh, I didn't get more hits on Twitter from my I'm going to show up on December 21st looking like the Statue of Liberty um, comment that a, I made on Twitter. But It was a, I, it was I, a bad tweet. I, I had to think I about it was. for like three minutes to figure out what exactly I you were know, trying to say. And then I was executed. like, geez, I, I mean, like, I don't know. You, you have like a knack of really, you know, hitting the bone that triggers these jokes on Twitter. I like I'm very hit or miss. I, I the ones that hit, I'm like, I can't believe that one hit. And the ones that miss, I'm like, that was a slam dunk. <laughs> uh, so I'm still going to the well on that. But yeah, I mean, it, it, here's what it, I mean. We had I, I think we have something. OK, so like I think it's 
you know, the fan base has been clamoring, you know, whatever. The coaching staff is what is it. We've been clamoring for the players. Like, we need the energy. We need the bench to have energy. And for two games, they've done that. So, if they come home and they're able to do that, I, I really do think they're going to slowly start winning back this fan support. Um, if we win the games that we're supposed to win and keep this kind of high energy that we've played with the last two games. I've also got a very quick message for the haters. A lot of people were like, you know, down eight at the end of the first half and in a super cold stretch, why would you bring Zan Payne into the game? Uh, well, Louisville probably went on a 4-3 run with Zan Payne <laughs> in the game. So please shut the fuck up. Zan knows we, we've been a way better basketball team since Zan got healthy. So, you know, one and two, but our best basketball has been played with Zan Payne this year. Get off his back. He knows what he's I doing. I literally think Kenny puts it in because he's like, fuck these fan base. God damn it. I'm I 100% think it's personal. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt. Like, I, I think in the back of his mind, he's like, oh, this is going to fucking piss him off. Zan, get in there. Like, I, I think he thinks for the worst time, he's like, he's like, what would be optimal rage? Let's put Zan in right then. Um, yeah, I, I think he's. I think it's definitely a personal thing at this point. What are you doing right, in the car me- right now? What is happening? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm plugging in my phone here. Um, <laughs> it's just, so loud. I'm sorry. All right. Well, let's talk about like kind of individually, like what we like, and maybe like I think we've kind of narrowed it down to uh, like an eight or nine man rotation. I'm sure you know. Yeah, Zampain and Danilo or whatever. You know, they might get in for a cup of coffee, a core of four might get in for a cup of coffee. But, like, I think we saw really nice things from Tyler, Huntley Hatfield. I really like Caleb Glenn. I think he just brings a little more physicality. I mean, JJ might be the biggest enigma I've ever seen in a Louisville uniform. I'm, like, getting ready to, like, like, just absolutely rage tweet on JJ's lack of energy when he comes in the game yesterday. And then, like, he promptly – hits a three and like, you know, hits like a, a dunk or a layup. And then he steps out of bounds. There was one play, God, I don't want to pick on JJ. It was an out of bounds play. JJ like, <laughs> goes to the basket off the pick. He is wide open by maybe 20 feet and is not even looking at the out of bounds guy. Like his head is completely <laughs> down. Like, JJ, what the fuck are you doing? Look up. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, Dennis, has a long way to go like he just does not move laterally and he is a very big liability on defense and i love dennis you know we all love dennis but he is he is tough to have out there Uh, you know when you have five guys playing on a string like you really have to kind of hone in and and you know make that zone a lethal zone and and if you want dennis in there um, as of right now, I'm not saying you can't get better, but Sky did some nice things, also did some head scratching things, but he's shown flashes that he can do it. And then I was, I was overall, I was happy with, with Trey White and Mike James had a rough two games, no doubt about it. I, I first of all, like I'm, I know I was joking a second ago, but I'm fine with Zan's getting minutes over Danilo Yovanovich. Like, like yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Danilo, every time he's in there, I'm like, what would you say you do here? <laughs> like, like I, why are we doing this? Um, also, the, the Karan Davis mystery continues. He did not go to New York. Who, but he's not in trouble somehow, but he's just not allowed to go with the team to New York. I've got no idea what's happening there. Uh, that's I, mean, I don't know if he's done here or, or what's going to happen, but that, that continues. 
I, I mean, the Tyler Johnson thing is, I mean, he took the game over for a stretch in the second yeah. half, almost single-handedly won the game, it felt like. But he's going to have to, like, he didn't foul out. Like everyone's like, he played 17 minutes. Why did he only play seven? I'm like, well, he fouled out in 17 minutes. That's something that's <laughs> going to have to get a little bit better too. Like, but I, I do think that you have to live with the good and the bad with Tyler. Cause the good right now outweighs the bad. Like it provides too many positives for us. I mean, he launched a, at one point in the, in the Texas game, he, he took a, a no hesitation, 28 footer <laughs> that like almost destroyed the backboard. And I was like, well, he's, he's going to do that. Like, you know, yeah. you just gotta have to shake your head and be like, Oh, Tyler, because he's, he's doing stuff out there that nobody else is doing. I think Sky Clark is, has the potential to be like a legitimately really good college basketball player. Yep. Like his handles are great. He makes some really strange decisions at times, but when you see the good, you're like, all right, like if he could just somehow harness all of that, like he could be really good. Trey his White, ability to split the double team like yes, off that yeah. pick and roll is, is it's really good. And he had a couple nice finishes like high off the glass. He kicked it out to the corner a couple times. So like you said, it's there. He just needs to, you know, kind of, you know, lessen the mistakes. He is so quick when he does that move where it's the between the legs of the left hand, then immediately into a right-handed crossover. Like he gets wherever he wants to with that move. And like, you know, he can, he can turn it into a step back jumper. He can turn it into getting into the lane. Like I, I think he has the potential to be really good. Trey white is, he's not as explosive as I thought he was going to be, but he does a good job at getting into the lane and then doing some nice things there. His decision-making also, you know, needs a lot of work. I love Dennis. Dennis is – there were times in these last two games where he just was not playable. Like, like he just – long way to go, no question about it. He doesn't give you anything on offense and defensively against a really ta- – like Khalil Ware, we're not going to see many big men who are as talented as him, but you saw him and the Shadrick kid for uh, for for Texas kind of take him to town with just some simple post moves. Like I, I'm, I'm more in favor of going with some combination of Huntley Hatfield and Trainer at this point against teams with quality front courts because Dennis, I, don't, I just don't think is ready, but it was good to see like the freshmen in some spurts be our best players. I mean, Caleb Glenn, I know plus minus is a misleading stat. A lot of the times he was plus 17 when he was on the floor yeah. yesterday. Like we were, we were a better team with his energy. He gives me extreme freshman Dre Davis vibes, which is, which is a compliment. Like I think he has a calming he's that type presence. of player. Yeah. He has a calming presence. Like when he's out on the floor, um, I feel like he's not going to do anything ridiculously dumb and he's really not going to get bullied or anything down low where like JJ, yeah, you, you get some good, you know, he, he had a couple nice shots from beyond the arc. Uh, he's very quick off his feet if he gets the ball on the baseline. Um, but his post defense is left to be desired. Um, just, you know, a couple of times he got bullied down low and he, you know, just being honest, he, he falls asleep a couple of times and, it, you know, he's hit or miss with energy. So I think that's one you got to kind of, from a coaching staff, you got to see what's going out on the floor. Like I wanted Caleb out there the last four or five minutes. Um, you know, obviously everyone wanted Tyler. I know the whole cramping story came out. I don't know if that's true or if it isn't true, but um, I think you really got to look at, okay, who's got the hot hand, who's been playing well and, and make sure we're, we're, you know, getting these rotations down pat moving here into December, January. I think we, we've, we've said all we can say about hoops. The only thing that, that, um, that we didn't 
the, I was disappointed we didn't. I thought for a second there in the post game we were going to get a hundreds of calls reference from Kenny. He was talking about how all the all, like all these people had called him after the loss to Texas to, to say they were sorry and how well the team played. I was like, how many people would you say called you, Kenny? <laughs> would you say it was hundreds? Uh, but we, we didn't uh, another get that quote. Yeah, how about the uh, like Jim Dolan said we were good. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like maybe the last guy I want positive affirmation from is James Dolan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, he's like uh, also uh, you know Chris Mack called and said he was really impressed with the way we were playing. It's like you're not doing yourself any favors here, Kenny. Uh, all right, let's let's shift gears to football, and then we'll take some questions from Twitter at the end. But, I mean, I, I hate that we're 30 minutes into this. We have not focused on football. Football is the focus right now. It like, is. Basketball has been interesting because we got such a bizarre positive performance, uh, pair of performances in New York. But football, just steady as could be, 10-1 and one now, going to a conference championship game for the first time since we joined the ACC. Well, the first time we've ever played in a conference championship game. Uh, a 10-win season for the seventh time in program history, a 10-win season for the first time in a decade. Uh, I mean, Jeff Brom, I, I feel like, you know, I can't remember if it was you or one of our other friends who said this during the game. I felt like Saturday was a masterclass in beating a quality opponent with a just kind of like slightly above average quarterback. And that's no disrespect to Jack Plummer. I, I thought Plummer played a fantastic game. He did everything that we asked him to. But he has, and I think we can all agree with this, he has limitations. He's not, he does not have one of the biggest arms in college football. There are times where he sees things a second or two late. And Brom just put him in positions to thrive the entire game. Some of those play calls were just outrageous. The you know, Getting a, a lineman open for a touchdown in a, a situation where you couldn't run, you had to have like, it was the perfect play for the perfect time there. Like, like you know, some of these, using the tight end out of nowhere, which we have not done all season long, against the Miami team that's really struggled to defend the tight end, bringing Joey Gatewood, br- breaking the, uh, you know, the crack of emergency glass on Joey Gatewood was fantastic. Like this was just a, this, I, I was floating after this win for a full 24 hours. Dan. I'm out of adjectives to describe how happy I am. Um, this guy, I mean, this is year one. We are 10 and one in the ACC title game. Like with, I mean, a bunch of transfers that he brought in for the most part. It's, it's truly amazing. You know, some of uh, like some of the drives were just like you said, they were an absolute masterclass in play calling. Um, the fact that like, I think we've talked about this like early in the year, like when he wasn't using the tight ends where we were like, do you think he's going to save like a tight end game for like the end of the year? Dude, he, obviously had this in his back pocket the entire time. Um, and it could have just been late, you know, development by the, the tight ends. I'm sure that has something to do with it, but they played such a big role in this game. Uh, I don't really know. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm, I am, you, you have to pinch me how excited I am that this is our coach and just the, the calming presence, knowing that this guy's not going anywhere. He's not flirting with the sec. Uh, and he's going to try to build something special here is, Awesome. And, and for Jack, I cannot be happier for Jack. Like it really is tough. Like I I know from a, like you said, a physical tools standpoint, I think the fan base looks at it. And I mean, we've been spoiled by who we've had. And I think Jack maybe from a physical tools does not live up to that. But I think from a leadership standpoint and his ability to kind of command the offense and what we're trying to do, I think he's, 
maybe not the best, but I think he's up there as being one of the better ones that we have. And I mean, fuck, he's ten and one. He, yeah. I, I couldn't be more thrilled with uh, how he played on Saturday, even with that one interception. Wins ACC uh, co-quarterback of the week, which I, I think is a deserved honor. Yeah, the Cam Kitchens. Uh, you know, I, I called that on the pod, and sure enough, I was like, "Fuck, I shouldn't even say yeah. anything." That that was. I don't know if you noticed this. That was the same exact play that we ran for the the eighty-five yard touchdown against Miami to Jamari, where we, we like we let him go. The, the play fake. He runs straight down the field. Like we, he's the one. Was that, you mean Georgia Tech? No, Indiana. Indiana. Okay, that's right. Indiana. Okay. Yeah, like like that was the we put we ran the exact same play, and it does look you know the overhead angle shows like it looks like he's streaking wide open, and I do think it could have been six if Plummer either hits him a little bit earlier or if he puts some air under that ball. But Kitchens just makes a unreal play, like, like it makes a beeline, yep. gets there just in time. Like like he's the real deal. Like I don't think like it was a it was a mistake by Plummer, but it was a forgivable mistake. He he didn't make that like. I just didn't see a linebacker streaking right in front of me for a pick six type play. He didn't make a, a terrible decision in the red zone. But I do think that like after he threw that interception, it got in his head so much. And, and this is the downside of – Sean McDonough talked about this on, on the broadcast. This is the downside of having a quarterback who you've been instilling for the last month. Like, just don't fuck up, just don't fuck up, just don't fuck up. He got to a point where he was so terrified of making the big mistake – that I think he like like he doubted himself a little bit. He wasn't making quick decisions. You, we get down there around the goal line and we throw it three times, which I think a lot of people had an issue with, myself included. But on the first play, he's got Jamari Thrash wide open and just misses the throw because he yeah. he zips it. He's so afraid of the ball getting picked off, he puts too much on it. The third play, he's got Jimmy Callaway wide open on, on a slant and he just doesn't throw it because he doesn't trust himself. Like we end up missing the field goal. Uh, Brock Travelstead is obviously having all sorts of issues. And I think that if he was playing with confidence at that point, then those throws aren't an issue. Having said that, like he does in the fourth quarter go six of seven for 133 yards and and a couple of touchdown drives to win the game. So guys got stones. I think you're right about him being a great leader. There are physical limitations, but he does what he can to make up for them. And it helps that he's got a lot of tools around him. So, I mean, He's ten and one. He's the quarterback of a ten and one team. There's only so much you can say about him. I think my favorite part about this Jeff Brom that's come to Louisville is the fact, and I've talked about it before, the fact that he played in the Big Ten, and I think he realized just how important being stout up front on both sides of the ball are. Our offensive line is unbelievable. Like Miami. Like I've watched them, like they they get pushes on just about everyone, and we were just gashing them in the running game, like absolutely gashing them. I can't, I cannot say enough good things about our offensive line. Brian Hudson, obviously the anchor up there, but from a D line standpoint, I think that was you know, I'm not saying they were awful, but not one of their better games. Uh, you know, we didn't get as much pressure with four. Uh, you know, Mason Riger, although that sack was unbelievable, you know, he lost contain on that end around. Um, so, you know, I still have complete faith in those guys. They've had a great year. Um, so it, it's, it's just nice that I think Jeff understands like, Hey, this is where the game is won and lost. So I'm excited. I mean, I, I got to kind of dig in to see who we're going to lose over next year. I don't really want to think about it right now, but um, it's nice that we have someone I think that knows the importance of that's where the game is won and lost. 
another, I mean, think about this. Like, we lost the turnover battle. It's the first time, it's just the second time that we've lost the turnover battle this season. The only other time was against Pitt. We lose the turnover battle. We get outgained by them. Jawar Jordan, I think, is very clearly a step or three slower than he was a month ago. Um, Isaac Garendo is, he, he was kind of huffing a little bit at the end of the game. So we go with Maurice Turner, who promptly turns in a couple of big runs on that, that last drive to win the game. The fact that all of those things happen, and Tyler Van Dyke plays a really good game. Like, he doesn't yeah. make the big mistake that he's been making and makes some really, really good throws for them. The fact that all of those things happen and we were able to win, uh, I mean, I, I think it's coaching. I, I think it's the, the players just finding ways, believing in these close games that they're going to find a way to win, which we've seen all season long. Just a, a really super impressive win. I think you make a good point, too, about the, the offensive line. Miami, the number one rush defense in the ACC. They were number eight in the country in sacks coming into the weekend. They were number five in tackles for loss coming into the weekend. And for the most part, Louisville kept Jack Plummer off his ass. Like The, the only times that I think he got a ton of pressure or you know, went down or had to throw the ball away were mostly coverage stuff. Like He just yep. couldn't find a guy. And yeah, there were running lanes out there. They did a good job with Jordan. Uh, Jawar only carried nine times for 33 yards. But like I said, I think that was more about him just not being like, he, he's very clearly not as explosive as he was um, the, the first month and a half of the season, which is fine because we've got Isaac Rendo. We've got Mo Turner. Both those guys can get the job done, which we saw on, uh, on Saturday. We also have to give a shout out to um, the Evan Conley package. Which the Evan Conley package? We love Conley's package. We, 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 we you know, he, he comes out there, and I'm like, I, I'm like, oh no! Like, I, I, I was like, is this the time where we throw it? And no, but the play actually works. And look, this podcast has been steadfastly supportive of the 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 Con Gone Wild package or the the, the Wild Con pa- package, whatever you want to call it. We never doubted the Wild Con. We'll Anybody call it the ECP. I don't like that. Oh, okay. Whatever. That ECP. Uh, okay. The, the compact. Uh, I yeah. don't know. Okay. The ECP. We've never doubted the ECP. We love the ECP. I think we still may use it to throw at some point. But anybody who says we doubted the ECP is just a, a, a hater and a loser. So we love it. Uh, shout out to Evan Conley. We love you. And then one final shout out. Big Dick Nick Lopez coming into yeah. the game and burying a 40-yard field goal. We've been a longtime supporters of Nick Lopez as well. Yeah, uh, hand up, full confession. I watched the game and I thought that was Brock Travelstead because I wasn't <laughs> able to hear the sound. Um, I, I even tweeted. I made a bad tweet. I was like, I'm like Brock, or my golf game's like Brock Travelstead. Like, wake up on the back nine, and then like my brother's like, oh, I don't even think that was Brock. I was like, what? Um, so, anyways, that's where my head's at in the game. But I, I here's here's. Those are awesome. I think the one of the biggest things from our team that I'm like was most proud of is the fact that hey, it's Miami. They're gonna do what they do. They're gonna try to you know punk you after the whistle. You know, start shit. And we saw you know after that Quincy Riley pass breakup on fourth down, we were able to keep our composure on the kickoff. You know, even though I thought it was, that flag was on us. Who was that, by the way, that kind of got hit in the face by the Miami player on the kickoff and we were pulling away um, that got the personal foul. But anyways, we didn't bite on either of those. They ended up being, you know, two huge personal fouls on Miami. And for us to show that discipline, I just think that's just another feather in the cap of a Jeff Brom coach team because 
God damn it, if that guy in Cincinnati was on the sideline, I know for sure we'd be retaliating and getting a 15-yard flag. You're right. I mean, yeah, we, we have Miami dudes on multiple plays in the last minute punching us in the face and us just not yeah. doing anything because it's a smart thing to do. You know what? It also makes me feel good about Kentucky because we yep. know Kentucky's going to do that shit. Like everyone in the SEC talks about how you know, they're going to come out, they're going to try to do dirty shit, get you to retaliate, and you just can't do it. Like that makes me feel better because we have not been the more composed team against UK the last four years. And yeah, we look like a mature group. It's uh, it, it's just it's so fun to watch them do this on, on a week to week basis. There, it's just a, it, it's a great team. They're inching up my list of all time favorite Cardinal teams for sure. I I know that we're all like in full joy mode, but is there a part of you yet that is like, this is so Louisville that we're doing this the year before the playoff expands? Because I, I, it is kind of grading me. Like, like we would be talking about, hey, what do we need to do to host a first round game? If we win the ACC, you know, we're going to get a bye. Like, all that stuff would be so fun. I'm trying to think about it because this year has just been so fun as it is. But man, it does feel like if, if we can, hopefully, we can bottle this up and do it again next year because I think that would be even even more fun. I mean, unless you're Georgia or like an Ohio State or Michigan that have like, in my opinion, a, a cupcake Big Ten schedule. Like it is, I mean, it's so hard to go undefeated and that you're due for a letdown game. And we had ours, no doubt. I mean, the pit game is what it, you know, it is what it is. We lost. With that being said, th- of course, this is like the one year where like there is zero, like from a upset standpoint there's been like zero chaos like I know. all the top teams are like on saturday night i'm like all right like washington against oregon state like we need oregon state i'm like uh iowa state versus texas i was hanging in there and there was one more oh uh we missouri florida missouri yeah missouri florida and at one point like the games all look like they could go one way or the other and of course the result that we needed you know we didn't get one of them so it just is one of it's one of those years. Uh, we obviously had, I guess, a, a nice schedule set up where we missed Florida State, and it, it looks like an improving Clemson team. Um, but yeah, it definitely sucks. But I, I still take solace in the fact that this is only year one. It sounds like you know, just from if you who knows the rumors I'm seeing on Twitter that. We, we might already have some some transfers uh, lined up, ready to come in and reload next year. So we'll see about that. But I just love the foundation that, that Jeff, you know, is building and, you know, is going to have moving forward. He's just going to put our program in such a good position. Last thing on the game from Saturday, we have to at least acknowledge the, the game-winning touchdown from Kevin Coleman, probably the loudest I've screamed. During, yeah. during a game at my house in like a solid five years like that was I, I also I was worried that when I saw the play unfold and how open he was I was like did we just do a pick play and just like tackle these guys and the replay is going to show that we got away with one and then I almost felt better that the replay showed two Miami doofuses like just running into each other and knocking themselves out and then Coleman I think you know we kind of called out his speed uh, last week I was like does he is he not as explosive as we thought he was and he makes us all eat our words by just winning a one-on-one battle with Cam Kitchens in space to go for the touchdown. That was fucking awesome. That, that was incredible. Uh, it was, yeah, John L's call. I was like, oh, gosh, this is everything I wanted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome. But, yeah, I, uh, I just kind of lost my train of thought here. But, no, just obviously – oh, here's what I was going to ask you. Uh, 
maybe third quarter-ish, what game were you less confident in, like around the third quarter? This game or the road NC State game? Ooh, that's a good question. I, 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 like, I was, I was also not – the game that I was the least confident in was the, the Virginia game when we got down seven in the fourth quarter and, like, they had the ball and they were driving. Like, like that was the one where I was like, it, like this is over. Like, we're done. The Miami game, I always had hope, but it certainly looked like we were up against it. I would say I was probably less confident in the NC State game just because, you know, we needed some breaks to go our way. We were doing so little on offense. Um, I, I was probably less confident in that game. I mean, don't don't be wrong. Like, I had significant moments of doubt on Saturday because Miami, not only were they getting some stops against us, they were also scoring. That, yeah. that sophomore running back, they, it was a Fletcher. Yeah, like, he's going to be a problem fucking awesome like like he was really tough for us to start and, and of course like van dyke is just threading the needle to everybody which i don't know i mean the acc loves incestuous transfers tyler van dyke he'll probably be in the portal maybe with some right coaching he could be a, a good quarter i don't know i'm just throwing that out there just saying um i don't really have any other takeaways from the game it was it was awesome like i, I was i was riding that high for a solid 24 hours it, it was incredible should we take some questions from twitter yeah let's do it all right, before we do that, reminding you uh, about our friends at Homefield Apparel. It's Black Friday week at Homefield Apparel. That means 20% off everything until, uh, I think, the 27th. So you've got a, you know, six days left to use your, your, your Black Friday codes at, at homefieldapparel.com. Save yourselves 20%. Get some Christmas gifts but ahead of time. They've got the best retro designs for 150, over 150 college uh, teams. They've got the softest hoodies. If you want a hoodie, if you want a bomber jacket, if you want a T-shirt, if you want joggers, Homefield Apparel has it all for you, and for this week, everything is going to be 20% off. You don't even have to use our promo code, Chronicle15. If you want to, that's fine, but you, you know, you're costing yourself some money. Get the full 20% and then go back to saving 15% after that. Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com is the website. All right, we asked for questions on Twitter. Let's get to it. I mean, outside of the billion that are, like, making jokes about the trick dust quote, like, that's uh, – we'll, we'll have to cycle through a lot of those. Tech, uh, T. Stev says – what is this thing called a zone defense? Is it new to college basketball? Is it illegal? I'll hang up and listen. There we go. Right off the bat, there's there's one. Um, Curly Shea, Connor Shea says, how do we get Kenny to wear a shocker that goes off when he starts saying something dumb, like White Goodman when he tries to eat a donut? This is a valid point. Like This is what I was talking about in the, like, just keep it simple. Like, uh, no no need to, like, really expand on your answers. Just, just say, hey, we got to play better get back to the drawing board and focus on the next game. Like just do the Jeff Brom. I mean, watching him. I like every time he gives an answer, I'm just like, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. And then like, you're just like, God damn it. Kenny. The reason, Oh, and I got to say this. The reason I, I, I mean, I keep talking about this. The reason Brom is so good at press conferences yesterday. I want to say it was Kent Taylor. I don't remember. Somebody asked him like, did you like they were like, did you recruit Devin Leary, you know, out of the transfer portal? And this is he was like, you know, obviously Devin had an injury. I think it was a pectoral injury, but he's a good quarterback. And, uh, you know, we just got to focus on, on, on <laughs> like I'm like, he completely doesn't answer the question yet. He goes on like a three minute spiel. I'm like, what a master class. Like, this is unbelievable. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was so funny. He's the best at not answering questions, but still making you feel like he answered the question. A hundred percent. That's a, that's the best way of putting it. 
it's a skill. I, I mentioned it. The, I think one of the times I was on the, the ACC network this year and, and Taylor Tannenbaum and, and Mark Packer do it. And they were like, we know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> like we get, I was like, yeah, he does it to everybody. It's great though. Like you, you're yeah. like, Oh, that's interesting, but not really. That's not what we were asking, but that's uh, he's so good at it. There's no question about it. Patrick Smith says uh, in terms of sports, is there anything that we should be more thankful for this year than this, the university of Cincinnati? No. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be hard to top. Hard to top. A, uh, it is uh, a lot of tears up in uh, Bearcat land right now. I mean, if Jeff Brom weren't a shoe in for Car Chronicle Person of the Year, I feel like that <laughs> UCAD would win it. I think he's going to be a finalist, too. Like, like deservedly so. Uh, Scott Snyder, by the way, shout out to Quentin Snyder, who's, uh, who's having twins. Congrats, Q. We love you. Nice. Scott says, uh, is John getting a UofL football helmet for Christmas? He needs one. I mean, you've got a boy. Like, it's so different than than raising Virginia, the girl. Like, John just, like, fucking, he's just jumping off of everything with reckless yeah. abandon. He's two. Oh. He, he's, like, on tables now. He's, like, just jumping down. He, he is, he'll get hurt. He'll cry for five minutes and then go right back to doing it again. It's, it's insane. We need to talk. I think I, I can't even remember if I told you this or I was telling my friends. So, uh there was one night like a couple months ago where I got to see John and John, I like, I hadn't seen him since he started walking and I saw him scurrying up our friend, uh, Ashley and Chris Kircher's driveway. And he had like the quickest little feet. And I swear to God, I literally like told my, I was like, that is exactly how Michael used to run. Like you had, <laughs> you had like, I was like, I, like just the quickest, quickest steps I've ever seen in my life. I was like, this kid's a Rutherford. <laughs> so shout out to John. I already know he's going to be fast like his dad. Um, I'll just call him quick feet. Jono. He's hilarious, but he's like, so he's figured out that he's funny and he's, Oh, he's fucking, he's leaning into it so much. Like if, <laughs> if, if you laugh at something that he's doing, like he just, he, he played, he'll do it for the rest of the night. Like we had my cousin, uh, Charlie, shout out to him, his birthday over the, not my, their cousin, Charlie, my nephew, Charlie, we had his birthday over the weekend and he was like making this face while he was playing with their trains and like saw like everybody at the party started laughing at him and he just hams it up so bad. Like, it, <laughs> it's like, it, what's it's... better than this guys being dudes. That's that's him. Like He's just like, he's like banging the truck, the train track. And he's like laughing his ass off. He's, he's a character. Uh, Ryan says, what's the basketball equivalent of Jeff Brom absolutely slaughtering the offensive play calling on that two minute drill to close out the first half against Miami. And how do we get it? Buddy, if we knew, uh, we would <laughs> we would absolutely uh, go after that. I, I would say I would say uh, Rick Pitino uh, versus Syracuse in the 2013 Big East yes. title last yes. ten minutes. It's like just an absolute masterclass. Getting Harold on the baseline, Gorgie on the elbow, you know, put our shooters on the wings. It, it was God. Take me back. That or either like what he did against Duke in the Elite Eight that year when, when he took like he realized that Gorgie versus Plumley was the biggest advantage we had and just yeah. pulled Plumley out the entire game and allowed Gorgie to go to work and then created space for our guards to go right around him with no real yep. protector. Like he just he, he took Coach K to the fucking woodshed in that game. It was great. By the way, off topic. Okay. Um, Sean McDonough, kind of our good luck charm here. Yeah, like I feel like every game Sean McDonough does like is a memorable one. Um, it's been it's been great having him call our games here. Uh, is he? We have ABC. Is it ESPN or ABC Noon? This we're back on ABC Noon. I assume oh. that we're going to get McDonough again. Bring it on, baby! Give me the Sean McDonough good luck charm. I love it. 
We are three and zero in ABC games so far this year. We have I, Sugar Bowl Sean McDonough. We have Big East Championship title yeah. run Sean McDonough. Like I need more Sean McDonough, and he's awesome too. On top of it, is this McDonough's team? We start <laughs> to debate that at this point. Actually, I, I'm going to check right now and make sure that we've got Sean McDonough on on Saturday. We were, by the way, the the fourth most watched game uh, of the weekend, which helps. We, we, being on ABC is nice. All right, yeah. let's see here. We've got oh fuck, Joe Tessitore, Jesse Palmer, and Katie George. Well, I mean, more like I, Tessa Bohr. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not Sean McDonough, but I, I don't, I don't hate Tess. I think he sometimes he like tries to make the moment a little more dramatic than it actually is. Um, but you know, I think it's a overall, it's a pretty, pretty good crew. I feel like my heart just got ripped out of my chest. I know. There. God, I fucking want a McDonough. Jesus. That was a terrible live podcast moment. I mean, can we get – is there a chance we get McDonough for the ACC championship game? Is yeah. That's we, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I don't even know what channel that's on. we got to figure it out. Josh says, do we know why Dennis always wears his goggles with his ears folded under the straps? It seems like he wouldn't be able to hear. We would be uncomfortable and not secure. I don't – look, I don't question why Dennis does the things that he does. I'm yeah. just – I'm team Dennis. Whatever he does is fine with me. I got Dennis's facial expression just absolutely like the <laughs> same whether he's like trailing a dunk by like 30 feet or if he just <laughs> pins a guy against the backboard like his expression just doesn't change he's like up oh, down the trip or down the court we go back up the court we go there was a play in the Texas game where like we we dunked and they zoomed in on the bench like slow-mo style and it was of like Dennis and Curtis Williams and Dennis's goofy ass face with like the Rex specs. I was just like laughing my ass off. It was a huge play. And I was like, just, I was like, oh, Dennis, like come over to my I, house I did, for Thanksgiving, Dennis. I will say, I mean, you can see the why everyone's like, this guy has a chance to be like a, an all time shot blocker. Sure. Like his timing is there. You know, he, he's pretty good about going straight up. Um, so that part, I, I'm very confident. Obviously, I think, uh, other parts of his game, which I think will come, you know, need some improvement. But I was just thinking about it, like I, I'm mad that we didn't get to do like a full remix of the the New York. People liked it last yeah, week. When we did the. I, I, was like, <laughs> I mean, we didn't. We also did not get Karan Davis in New York, as the lyrics said. It literally was almost like Bahama Boys, like yeah, two point That's almost what we had. The Bronx Bullies uh, didn't. Yeah, happen. the Bronx Bullies. Lance says with Kenny constantly mentioning how important conditioning is to him. While simultaneously the team being unconditioned, most notably his own son, is it simple that Kenny is unwittingly referring to his affinity for air conditioning? Uh, <laughs> first of all, leave Zan alone. Um, but it, it, that was one of the most annoying things about last season to me was how we, like, you know, the first two weeks of practice, it was like, we're not even using a ball. We're just running. We're getting condi- conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. And then the first, like, three weeks, we always looked like a more tired team. I was like, what are we actually doing? Uh, but he does talk about conditioning a lot. Although I, I think that I haven't seen that same level of like tired from this year's team. We no. seem to be pretty well conditioned. Yeah. God, I, I mean, this is – I'm going off script. But Ty, when Tyler's in the game, it just – everything seems different. Like we seem quicker on the offensive end. He's a pest on the defensive end. It kind of changes the way we play. You know, I, I know he's a, a freshman. Like you said, we're going to have to live with his mistakes. But – uh by the way, he was my freshman to click. You remember that from back in the summer? Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. But I'm, I need more Tyler in my life. Like, I feel like we just got a taste and I got to see more. For sure. 
Pat says, will you be hosting a happy hour at the ACC championship? We'd love to. Somebody set it up for us. Yeah, let's do it. Make it happen. Joe says, dressing or stuffing? Um, we're, we're stuffing, stuffing family. We, my, and my, my parents, they do stuffing and Mary's parents, they do dressing. They, they, her mom does dressing balls, which are delicious. You, you can't go wrong either way. Like I, the taste, they taste the same to me. I love them both. I grew up with stuffing. I've learned to love dressing. I think it's uh, either way. It's my favorite uh, Thanksgiving side dish. I've got to have it with the turkey. I've got to have it. Uh, Sean says, did you get tricked into doing a pod today and Friday? No. No. That wasn't funny. No. Matt says, uh, can anyone confirm why KP didn't call IU and ask them not to run zone because we have not practiced it? No. It would be nice. A lot of zone questions here. A lot of zone. I'm trying to, yeah, trying to get through them. (laughs) Trying to get through them. Keith says, is Kenny going to make it more weird than Scott? Well, Scott ended up making it not weird by leaving on his own. I don't think that's going to happen, but as far as there being a decision to make for a year three, I feel like it's going to get weird. I, I think it's absolutely going to get weird. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how we play these games leading up to Kentucky. If we actually take care of what we're supposed to, I guess now, even though like before New York, I was like, these are probably going to be, you know, 50, 50 loss games. Now I'm like, we should win these games after what I saw. So um, I think that'll tell us a little something. Alan says, rank these these games in terms of how much you want to win. UK, the conference championship game, and then the Orange Bowl or equivalent bowl. That's a good question. I would go, um, oh, man, this is tough. Just because even if we win the ACC title game, I don't think it's going to, like, do anything for us. Um, but I, I, I think every think time that I want to – yeah, every time I I start doing a ranking in my head, I'm like, well, that one can't be last. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a tough. It's really tough. Yeah, I'd probably say ACC title game. God, this is hard. I, I'd probably say Kentucky and then Orange Bowl. That's kind of the way that I was leaning. But then, like, if you beat like Ohio State in the Orange Bowl, it's a huge fucking deal, especially for you. You got your son. His fandom's on the line there. Uh, I know, I know, hundred percent. I mean, you're there's a hundred percent. But um, like I said in a past pod, I, these bowls drive me crazy. When like it's going to be a possible quote unquote letdown bowl for one of those teams, and some of the kids might go pro. So you know, you know, they're already going to have the excuses built in. But I don't care. Like I know we're going to go try to win it. I know we're going to talk mostly about the game on Friday's pod, but like, I, have you seen? I love that Jeff is doing the whole like this is the most important game of the season thing, and some people are losing their minds. They're like, it's not the most important game, and he went on CBS Sports Radio today, and they asked him the question. They were like, "You said this is your press conference. Like, how could you possibly think that with you know Florida State conference championship game, potentially the Orange Bowl, maybe even like playoff outside implications?" And he was like, he basically was like, "If you don't didn't grow up around here, you don't yeah. get it." He brought up Trinity St. X, like all that stuff. He's like, and, and like, I, I don't think that he actually believes that, but I think he knows that he's got to get this team refocused. Like, like the UK game is a huge deal. They obviously had a massive celebration after they beat Miami. They did the Gatorade. They did the celebrating with the boots, all that stuff. Like, I, I think that he's doing it more for his team than he is like for like, like he and the fans. Like he knows how badly we want this. He knows how much the last five years and four games have sucked for us. Like, like he is trying to like make them let it be known that like we are going to be focused. We are going to be fine. We know how big of a deal this is. We're not going to fuck this up, which I really appreciate. 
going back to a master class in communication. He knows what the fans want to hear. When he said, yep. if you grew up here around here, half your neighbors are U of L or UK fans and you don't want to go, you know, a whole year having to listen to the other fan base. I'm like, that's the most perfect answer I've ever heard. Like that is exactly what a lot of these fans are thinking. It's the total antithesis of Scott Satterfield being like, I didn't really understand it and bitching about L's yeah. down after we've lost by 40 in a game that we were favored to win his first year. Like I I'm, I'm, I'm I know again, Friday we'll talk about it on the pod, but I'm, I'm revved up for this one for sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Corey said, I think we would all agree that this is not the best team that Louisville has ever had, but what needs to happen for this team to go down as the most successful team that Louisville has ever had? Well, if you win the last three games, I, I think you, you know, I, I mean, we talked about this on the radio. Dan, think about this. We're playing a tro- for a trophy in all f- like four of our final games. Like You, you had the, the Howard's Boots last week. Those were the, so governor- awesome. the Governor's Cup this week. You have a conference championship game, and then the bowl game is going to have a trophy. Like we've never done that in our program's history. If you win all four of those, and you get to thirteen and one, which is something that we've also never done as a program, I, I don't think there's any question. It's the most successful season in the history of Louisville football, which is crazy to think about in just first year. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it's uh, it's something. I'm trying to think the uh, Liberty Bowl team that beat Boise. Did we finish number? F- Five that year we finished sixth in both 06 and 04 six and 06 so yeah i mean i think if we went out i mean I, I don't i don't want to do the math in my head what that would be but um i would think it would be right around there if we won out um, yeah yeah we'd be so, right there yeah it's awesome by the way jack bringing the golden boots in the locker room his expression in <laughs> was like he's like ah <laughs> It's like, okay, I, I want to hang out with Jack a little bit. I love it on the car tape. They, they, it made it seem like he was the only one that got the boots. He's like, got the boots, baby. And like he, I, I was like, I love that Jack's so excited about the boots. I was like, that's, so that's my guy. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Reese says, ask Dan if he has a crazy family Thanksgiving story to share. I feel like there's a good story to share. Yeah, I, I don't know. That really uh... – one cool thing we used to, this is when I was growing up, um, that we used to get to do on Thanksgiving when my grandpa was alive and he was the equipment manager for the Reds. That was when they played at Riverfront and the Bengals and the Reds um, shared a stadium. He would take, like, not only, like, me and, because I was kind of young at that point and I didn't have a lot of kids my age on my mom's side, but he would even take, like, cousins on my dad's side um, down to the stadium and we'd play football on the field um, like where quote unquote the Bengals play so pretty cool Thanksgiving story I don't unfortunately have anything like too crazy or wild or anything like that that's cool yeah, yeah. I think we're all waiting for the Sonard family like brawl yeah to be told like, one time it's like Monday emergency pods like well my house is blown up uh, <laughs> Joseph says, uh, what are the worst, the five worst Kenny Payne sound bites during his tenure as head coach? So we have a, a variation of this question, like a, a bunch in the wake of the uh, I got tricked quote. I mean, he tricked me is definitely up there. I, I would say I think the worst one is still the like, we're never going to be the more talented team talking about like from this year. Uh, that was terrible. Last year, him saying like, we're going to go get kids from good families, insinuating that the kids on his team were from bad families was pretty bad. I'm sure there are some other ones that I've just forgotten. I mean, th- th- there've been so many in this last year and a half that just, you're like, why did you say that? Why? 
Yeah. I mean, with you being on the radio, like you, you hear these press conferences and stuff, but like, I can't think of any off the top of my head, you know, besides that he tricked me one, but I'm sure the list is plentiful. Gil says, uh, when, not if, Louisville wins the 2024 NCAA tourney, what will you do with the $2,500 from the winning ticket? Uh, two, is Jeff Brom worthy of a Jimbo Fisher-like contract extension? So one, so um, my, it's actually, it, it's a, the, the gym teacher at my daughter's school and her husband are big U L fans. I guess her father-in-law had gone to Vegas and, and he enjoys the podcast, enjoys the radio show. And he felt like he had to buy me a $10 uh, bet for Louisville to win the 2024 20, NCAA championship, which was, I appreciated it. Um, I'm surprised it was only going to pay me $2,500. I felt like it should be like $250,000, but I've got the ticket. If it wins, we'll, we'll, we'll use the money for something good. We'll, 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 we'll pick out a charity. We'll donate the $2,500. Uh, two, Jeff, the cool thing about all of the, the, the winning this year is it, it keeps triggering extensions in his contract. I think he's locked into like 2030 now because of all the winning we've done this year. I mean, he's going to get more money at some point in time. Jimbo Fisher maybe is a little extreme, but he's going to – Jeff will get paid by us at some point. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. He's uh, – it's so funny. I love – my favorite thing to do is when, like, a Texas A&M comes open or, like, who's another big-time program that – or maybe not even big, but, like, jobs that have opened up, Mississippi State. Like, I'll just float on their – Twitter responses like someone be like, we need to just go bring Jeff Brom in right now, <laughs> and then like I'm like, oh, this feels so good. Like, like obviously he's not coming to your old shit program. He's here, baby. Um, so we are very blessed. Uh, Bean Dan Blino says, did Dan ever consider taking his lawn aid business idea to Shark Tank? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, Can I tell you the the, the thing? That, I remember those flyers that you guys made. Vividly. I need to find that and post it. I think my mom has one because um, on the back on the back, I remember it was you all used like your senior pictures from from Trinity, and it was yeah. like, "Who are we? Two trusted Trinity High School graduates." I was like, "This is the <laughs> biggest fucking piece of shit I've ever seen in my entire life." They're probably these guys haven't fucking done an ounce of yard work in their entire life. Um, it's like, and if you have a star on the back, your first cup of lemonade is for free. And of course, everybody had a star. Yeah. Oh man, were we marketers? Um, yeah, I'll have to dig that up and uh, see how the world reacts to it and post it on Twitter here. We got to give a shout out to our Guinness guy, Space Cowboy Bono. Who's... Dude, that was awesome. That By was way, awesome. I checked him out there during the game. He's put Card Chronicle Podcast Hero in his Twitter bio, which we I appreciate. That's 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 wonderful. But he said having Guinness just during the tailgate for Notre Dame worked, so I'm not worried. But does anyone know how to get some Guinness into the stadium on Saturday? I mean, he's we have a lot of podcast heroes out there doing podcast things. The guy who keeps betting on games, uh, show, he sent in his ticket before the game about how he bet $5 money line on, um, on Miami and $5 to, for Miami to cover the spread. We've got a lot of people that are doing their part out there. I mean, I, I think if, you, if it worked for the Notre Dame game, then it should work on Saturday if you just do Guinness during the tailgate, right? I mean, geez, I don't want to be the uh... – you know, guy that's telling people to, to break the law or rule here, but I'm sure you can probably take some and sneak it in. I think uh, they're, they're pretty laissez-faire about waving people, you know, patting people down or what. So I, you I think say you that I got, I got caught so many times. The hoodie pouch got, got me caught so many times over the years. I think like oh, I'm really? the only person who ever got caught sneaking beer into, into Cardinal stadium. And it's happened to me like seven different times. You got to like, 
kind of maybe you can even like have a friend on the other side and just start you know handing them over but i don't know and maybe it's it's harder than i'm making it out to be uh, we've talked long enough we, we had a lot of questions we'll get to to more of these on friday's pod before the uk game uh, dan is, is there dan in the dumps for today i mean the other, i don't really have one the only thing that my fantasy football team is about to get relegated next year <laughs> it's just a fucking disaster i'm literally gonna have to go a whole year without playing fantasy plus pay the entry fee i don't know why we came up with this stupid fucking rule um i'm despondent about it it sucks my team is so bad you guys are terrible yeah that's sad by the way our only new review i just i, just, I checked the reviews for the first time in a month uh our carmody left us a review and just said, uh, watching playoff baseball and can't not think of Danny Sennard when I see a towel being waved in the air. Thanks, Dan. The cards are back. We love you. Dude, Art. Art is just the man. God, talk about someone I need to slug some Guinness with. Art Carmody. Um, but, yeah, towels, they need to happen at some point. I don't know when, but they still need to. Maybe Saturday. I mean, there's a yeah. chance you're going to be at the game, right? Yeah, there's a... Uh, there's a chance we got to see how things shake out. Haven't God having the Ohio State Michigan at the same time. It's kind of awkward for the family here, but uh, we're going to see what we can do. Yeah, the noon noon time wasn't ideal. All right, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. It's the best time, best way to know when new episodes are out there. Leave us a nice rating, give us a nice review. We'll read those on air. Uh, we've got another pod coming your way on Friday to get ready for Kentucky. Hope everyone has a fantastic Thanksgiving. Hope the Lions keep the shit out of the Packers and keep distancing themselves from the Vikings who are done. They're over, Dan. It's over. Um, Dude, hope you enjoyed it for a while. Yeah, I'm still a little bitter. I had tweets and everything lined up, and then the Bears turned into the Bears. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We will talk to you guys again on Friday. Go Cards. Go Lions. Go Cards, guys.